Hello, and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast. I am Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. It's the first episode of the new year, which means it's time to make good on our New Year's resolutions. If you recall, last episode, I talked about how I wanted to bring more characters onto the show, because I'm a real... I'm a real piece of character work. And so what I thought, since since Alex isn't usually too fond of my characters, I, I thought that we would workshop this one together into okay. a character that, like, is really worthy of a permanent good intro. Okay? Sure. I can do that. All right. So I'm going to bring to you what I have so far, and then we can kind of workshop it together. Ready? All right. Sounds good. Hey! Nope. Look at all this drama! <laughs> no. Nope. Hey! Look at all this drama. Okay, so let me explain the backstory of this character a little bit. So this is a guy um, with a thick accent, and he wants you to look at all this drama. Because there's a lot of drama going on. Okay, here's my thoughts on that. We're not doing, we're doing a different voice. If we're going to do a voice, it's not going to be that one. Um, so let's fix that. Hey, uh, look at all this drama. What's your obsession with East Coast accents? Let's not do that. Can you do a Canadian accent? Look at look at all this drama. Look at all this drama. Nope, that wasn't it. Um Oh, just just talk like a dad for a second. Look at all this drama. Look at all this Look at all this drama. Look at all this drama. Okay, I think that's better. So we're going to stick with the dad perspective. Yeah, okay. throwing your dadisms and all that stuff. Um, can I still do the A? Hey, look at all no, this drama. That, that's that's the worst part. So <laughs> we're getting rid of that. Um, and then we're gonna need to come up with a little bit more depth than a person who uh, likes to look at drama. So um, I think that this character, I, yeah. I think that this character is not the center of attention. I think this character comes in when like a scene is going on and like something major just happened. Like, Oh, we just found out who the gossip girl is. Hey, look at all this. Drama. No, we got rid of the a remember. Yeah. But I love it so much. You need to come up with, we can come up with something that's not a, what if it's like a, Whoa, look at all this drama. No. So you're going back into the accent. We decided that he was a dad. Look at all this. Look at all this. Dra- Whoa. Look at all this drama. I like, that's the best version we've done so far. Okay. So let's do that. And then you need to have a way to like go in and out of character. So like kind of like the and scene or action, something like that. Um, so it just so it doesn't catch me off guard. I need to know when it's coming. <laughs> yeah. Like I imagine like Infinity War, like Thanos is like, you should have gone for the head. Whoa, look at all this drama. And then the credits roll. Okay, so I get that. Let's say um, you should have gone for the head. Then you go. And then I'll go. Action. Then you do it. (laughs) And I'll say cut. (laughs) And then we'll go back in the scene. Okay, okay. So let's. You need to have that thing on deck at all times. Okay, okay. Which means you have to have action and cut on an even tighter on deck at all times right oh dude (laughs) this has the potential to be really good 
Um, unfortunately, I don't think we have any scenes coming up. <laughs> no, nope. This episode so we're gonna need to remember this scenes. for later pods. <laughs> we're gonna our first guest. We're just gonna spring this on them with absolutely zero context. Oh jeez, dude. This That's what we're gonna things. do. Okay, when next time, so when you see our first episode, audience, when you see our first episode saying featuring and then somebody who's not us, get ready for the drama guy to make a comeback. Oh, he needs a name. It's got to yeah. be a dad name. Like first person that came to my mind is like Tim Allen. We can go with Al. I think Al's a good one. I thought of Al Franken. Okay. Um, Al, I'm going with a, a last name. Give me a second. We we have too much research on this show, but I'm gonna look up top ten last names. <laughs> top ten last names. Okay, Smith, Johnson, Williams, Brown, Jones, Garcia, Miller, Davis. I like Al Brown. Al Brown, yes. <laughs> Al Brown. All right, hit us. Um, action. Hey. Look at all this drama. Get, dude, what did we say about the A? It's whoa. And you don't have an accent. You're a dad. Simple you direction. You actually lose your accent when you become a dad. It's law. Simple direction. Okay, okay, okay. Are you Sorry. an actor or what? Okay, I've been practicing this character for like three weeks. And so I just have the A so ingrained in my brain. So, so give it to me one more time. We're going to do it right. Action. Whoa, look at all this drama. I think we're going to need to look at earlier parts of this bit and pick out the best one. And then we're going to need to put that on loop so you can hear it over and over again. Because okay. you're, def- you're doing the whoa, but you're still in Jersey. And that's unacceptable. Yeah. Okay, so audience, um, uh, whichever one you think is the best one. Send me the time code of that one so that way I can look back at it and just play that over and over again. Also, if any of you actually do that, I'll Venmo you $5. Also, it can't be you, Andrew. <laughs> so Literally anybody but Andrew. Anyone but my brother. Sorry, Andrew. You I can still you, do it. Venmo hey, hey, $5. Andrew, you can still do it. It's just Andrew's not, or Alex isn't going to pay you for it. <laughs> I will say if you do that, Andrew. And someone else gives you the gives me the exact same time code. I'll split it with you, so you'll get two dollars and fifty cents, and this other person will get two dollars and fifty cents. But that's it has like, to be the same time code. Yeah, that's like a vending machine snack. Like I don't see like no one can complain. Literally, yeah. no one. All right, so that's the game plan. Al Brown. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move into our movie segment. Uh, this week we watched Edge of Tomorrow. Is what we're officially calling it because this movie has like four titles. Um, yeah. So Edge of Tomorrow is what we watched. If you would like to hear us talk about it, you're more than welcome to. However, if movie conversation is not your thing and you would like to skip ahead to the next segment, we will give you a time code allowing you to do that. Here's your time code. Time code 3836. Okay, we're not doing that anymore. I thought it was good. All right, Craig. Officially, this movie did not do good in the box office. Yeah. So Edge of Tomorrow, for people who have not seen it, is a movie starring Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt, where they're basically fighting an alien invasion. And Tom Cruise is basically the military PR guy. He goes around and does all like the propaganda tours. And 
he gets called into duty despite the fact that he's never fought a day in his life and yeah. uh it, in his first day of action uh he gets killed but the 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 gimmick of the movie is he's brought back to life and he's basically groundhoggy he's groundhog daying this one battle over and over again and right. so he's trying to use this one battle to find a way to beat the alien invasion yep pretty much i've seen this movie 3 times really yeah um obviously none of it was in theaters cuz this movie bombed cuz nobody saw in it theaters, theaters. However, when it came, I don't know if it came to a streaming service. I actually got it. Like I used to, I rented this video and then I talked to other people to watching it and then they rented the video and I watched it with them. And then I saw it again for this podcast. It's a banger, bro. This movie it's, slaps. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was, it is so cool how you'll be watching a scene for the first time. And then you'll they'll have subtle clues to explain that, oh, this is like the 15th time they've done this. Yeah. And there are scenes, like, there are pivotal points of this movie that revolve around how many times they have gone through a certain conversation before. And I, I think that's very interesting. Because there right. are some scenes where you watch Tom Cruise, like slowly pick up the details on what he needs for the next encounter. And then there are some scenes where it's like, he just goes into it and you're like, Oh, this is like his 30th time. Right. They have a lot of smash cuts. So you'll see him do it for the first time. You'll see it. You'll see him do it for the first time. And then you'll watch him die over and over and over again. And he gets slowly better every single time. Super cool device in this movie. Also, you'll watch the same beginning scene-ish 15 times. Okay. <laughs> I've never I heard never, the word maggot so much. I was going to say the exact same thing. I never want to hear someone say the word maggot ever again. Dude. Uh, oh, my gosh. But the thing is, is I think this movie is acutely aware of how many times they can show you the same thing over and over again before you get sick and tired of it. Because they got close, and then I'm like, oh, okay, we're experiencing something new now. Oh, uh, yeah. this is new. So, basically, you spend, like, Act 1 in the same location, then Act 2 is a new location. And then Act 3, they kind of, like, bring it back to the first location. So, you almost feel nostalgic for the beginning of the movie. Despite right. the fact you've seen the beginning of the movie 45 times? Right, and there's a lot of dialogue in the first half of the movie. Oh, they want so you to much pick talking. up on everything. Not um, only is there a lot of talking, there's a lot of fast talking. So, like right. when they explain to Tom Cruise that he is essentially time traveling, there's so much exposition happening in like four minutes that everybody's just like bullet talking, super duper fast. Right. I mean, I've seen it before, so I didn't need to pause or rewind. Or what? Is this the first time you've seen this movie? This is the first time I've seen this movie. What Did you at any point have to pause or be like, I don't really understand that? Or I'll have to see no. how this plays out for me to get it. Um, I, I, I This movie is... It's complicated when you explain it, but in practice, it makes total sense to me, at least. Right. Mm-hmm. So I never felt lost or anything. This is not a movie that you need to see a second time and understand. Yeah, this ain't Tenet. 
Yeah. And this is not a movie that watching a second time, you'll pick up on stuff. It, that, it's You watch it once and you're good, um, but it is a very good movie. Ten is one of those movies you're like, I'm going to need to watch that again because I definitely missed stuff. Or I'm going to have to pause it to understand where we're at. Same thing with Inception, all that kind of trash. But this, it was pretty easy to explain the first time around as long as you're paying attention. This is very important that you pay attention for this movie. Yeah, this could very well be Baby's first time travel movie. Right, definitely. And it was it was done really well. I think it had a very clear objective. There was a couple subplots with a little bit of romance, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, but it was very clearly, we're going to do action. We're going to do action in a time travel fashion. And we're going to go hard. And it did it really well. Yeah. Um, I definitely lost steam in the third act. By the time we got to the third act, I'm like, all right. Eh. I'll tell you when we get into spoilers exactly where it lost steam for me. But mm-hmm. um, I it was, it was definitely fun. This movie knew what it was and was able to have a lot of fun with it. Right. So, like, this is going to be weird to say, but there were a lot of comedic deaths. Where, like, uh, Tom Cruise is celebrating that he got one step further than he did last time. And then he gets slammed by a truck instantaneously. Right. Yeah, there was a lot of times where, like... Because, I mean, at the end, you know he's died hundreds, if not thousands of times. So he's not scared of it anymore. There's a point where it just gets annoying. Because when you have a gun pointed at his face and he goes, all right, I'm going to have to die again. It's one of those things that I can't tell if he's scared to die or if he just doesn't want to have to do this all over again. Yeah, because the movie also does a good job at showing you how much he has to do to get to where he was. You know, right. like imagine like doing a Dark Souls boss, dying, having to respawn, and then fighting through the same 20 enemies again. Right. He's doing you that have no every idea time. what Craig just said, ditto, bro. So here's I'm, I'll explain it for you. Casuals. If you had to have a conversation and explain to someone that you kept going back in time, but you needed to talk to like people for two or three hours to get to the new portion of a person that actually understands you, and you needed to do that every single time, it would, and you knew it was going to happen. Also, um, it doesn't start in the middle of the day. I mean, yeah, it does start in the middle of the day. So it doesn't start in the morning. He has like half a day to like grind this out. So he's on a time clock. He's trying to get as much done as fast as humanly possible. But he's on he's a soldier on an army base. And everyone thinks he's a private now because he was um kind of framed for being a deserter. So he has no power. He has to kind of sneak around and he has to do this every single time. Yeah. Um <laughs> the first time he time travels there were definitely things that I mean, granted, we know that he's time traveling. He doesn't. So like there are things that as a watcher, I think I would have done differently. Like um, one of the key components is that um, the drop ship he's in crashes mm-hmm. before they're supposed to drop. I feel like if they didn't get the memo, I would have just released it. Like I would not have waited. Well, the first couple times, he doesn't know how to work the suit. Like, more than the first couple times. He oh just my doesn't God. get it. Dude, that's something else that I kind of had beef with. These guys 
made things actively difficult for him. And they were making fun of him for not knowing how to do things. Like, hey, hey, then tell him. Hey, guys, then tell him. I think everyone was just looking forward for him to die because he was a, he was the new guy. He was a private. He's never done anything before. And everyone thinks he's a deserter. So, like, you know what, dude? Go die. We're not going to help you. At least we know you won't shoot us in the back if you don't know how to work this thing. So they just left him to die. I, like, it makes sense. I just think it's dumb. It's frustrating to watch stuff like that happen. Right. Craig doesn't like bullies, everyone. This is breaking news. Yeah. Um... All right, so just like general thoughts, um, mm-hmm. when the colonel or whatever, whenever Farrell is his last name, um, Master Sergeant. Okay, Sergeant. Yeah, um, when he catches the J Squad gambling, yeah, like they had a whole procedure to that, which makes me think, how many times has he caught them playing cards? To where it's a thing. They do a whole song and dance. And it's all part of their punishment. I'm like how many times have like. They been caught gambling. It happened. It it was so nuanced and specific. It made me think that everybody was time jumping. And that this was also everybody's like 40th time getting caught cheating or something. Got you. Yeah. No it just happens a bunch. It was a little bit heady for me because it does take place in the military. It takes place in the army, and I'm, you know, a Marine Corps guy. And was, I watched a lot of this happen. I'm like, oh, that would never happen. That would never happen. But it was very easy for me to just be like, oh, this takes place in the future. It's a different branch. Everything could change. So I, I definitely separated myself from this movie because it wasn't trying to be realistic. It was like, this is the future. This is how things work here. So I'm like, oh, I'll just, I'll just believe whatever they say. Uh, that would never happen. That would never happen. That would never happen. But yeah, 200 years from now, the, or you know, even if it's less than 200 years, 100 years from now, the culture is going to be different. So I, I didn't have any problems watching this. So I have no critiques of like, oh, that would never happen because it takes place in the future. It's the army. They're getting invaded by aliens. So it's going to be a little different. Yeah, all. I- I- Everything is kind of thrown out the window when we're time jumping because you get alien guts spilled on you. Right. But all in all, dude, Emily Blunt, I'm in love with her purely because of this good. movie. She's pretty good. Um, Yeah. So super glad she married a great guy because um, ne- yeah. now I'm not jealous. I'm just happy for her. This <laughs> is the first performance I saw of her. I don't I think in my entire life. And I'm like. Oh, I hope she has a great life because I'm in love with her now. <laughs> and guess what? She married Krasinski and they have wonderful children and I'm happy for them. Are those your final notes before we hop into spoilers? Also, uh, Tom Cruise, fire in this movie. I'm, a, I'm, I'm not a Tom Cruise fan. I'm a fan of Tom Cruise movies and the dude kills it. So I think this is I'll my least favorite character he's done. But it's not necessarily my least favorite movie he's in. I just think that this character is just a delivery device for the gimmick this movie has, which is fine. You know, right. whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just not my favorite. It's probably my least favorite Tom Cruise character specifically. Yeah, I was OK with the, the, the fact that the guy is not likable 
because it added character development. If we already liked him, then like we would just be watching a good guy go through experiences. I was okay with watching a flawed guy go through experiences and become a good guy. And with that, yeah. let's get into spoilers, man. Okay. Um, if you want to watch this movie and you haven't yet, uh, you can skip the spoiler section by going to this time code. Time code 3836. So I mentioned earlier where this movie kind of lost me. And yeah. it, mm-hmm. it was when he went to the dam by himself to try to take out the Omega. And right. Not necessarily because that scene was bad, because in my head, I'm like, the way the mimics were acting, I thought that they didn't want to kill him. Specifically because he was getting close to the Omega. I thought that there was going to be another pivot there where like he was more integral to the Omega. I thought it was there and the mimics were going to like take him hostage or what have you. But... Just like the way he's like, he looks at that mimic and he's like, come on, finish me, finish me. And it doesn't like it holds back. I'm like, there's definitely something way deeper going on here. And then it just never and then nothing happened from it. Yeah, for that, I was I'm I'm still trying to figure out what happened. Cause I was thinking maybe they don't want to reset the day. Yeah, maybe they're making progress or they're because the thing is, while he's restarting every day, the alphas are dying. And not very often, mind you, because there's like one in every 6.2 million or whatever. So not happening. But they learn when an alpha dies. They're probably just waiting and being like, we have to learn more. We have to learn more. He is forcing us to reset every single time. We're not learning anything. We're not getting any better. And they just kind of have like that one throwaway line where Tom Cruise is like, I think they want my blood. And we're like, okay. What confused me is Emily Blunt talks about, I woke up in a hospital and I knew I lost it. That yeah. didn't make sense for like 75% of the movie. Until like, Tom How Cruise do you know loses you, it. Until he, he loses he, it. Yeah. And you say, you can see it on his eyes. You can see, oh, there's actual physical changes when you lose it. You can see that he felt it. Um, but I'm like, what are you talking about? Because you wouldn't know you lost it till you died, and then and you didn't come back. Happened. Yeah, right. So essentially, you would never know you lost it. So um, okay, this is more spoilers, but this is also exposition for those psychos that um, are listening to this and also didn't watch the movie. Um, what happened is, yeah, there's alphas, which is like these bigger alien captains kind of thing. One in six point two, six point four million, right? So very rare. If their blood gets on you the omega which is like the brain of the organization thinks that you're an alpha and whenever an alpha dies on the battlefield their day resets and by doing this they can learn from the battles and they'll never lose because it's on tom uh, i said tom hanks um because on tom cruise and before it was on emily blunt she's already experienced this in a previous battle what happens is she lost a lot of blood and a medic um brought her into like a a treatment center gave her more blood like a transfusion and because she got new blood the alpha blood was washed out and she said she felt like she lost it so she didn't have that alpha blood in here to restart the day anymore which means she just walked around like a normal human being 
knowing she couldn't die anymore. But that doesn't make sense because when it happens to Cruz, you don't see any physical changes when he gets it, when he doesn't get it. It just kind of happens. So that was that part was pretty confusing. It's like, oh, yeah, I knew I lost it. I'm like, how? I just trusted the movie that it was an internal feeling. Kind of like if Mm -hmm. somebody if like if you got used to smelling and then one day you lost your sense of smell. Like there wouldn't be much physical change about you, but you could still tell, oh, wait a minute. Something's wrong. I just think if it was something like you don't dream anymore, right? But we already, like right now, you don't remember most of your dreams. You only remember the dreams that happen when you wake up. So that means there's people right now having dreams that don't think they dream. Because you might not remember it. That's one of those things I'm like, how would you know if you actually don't dream anymore? Or if you just don't remember them? That was one of those things I'm like, how would, what does that feel like? I don't know what it feels like to dream except for when I'm in it. That was such a amazing analogy that is pulled out of nowhere but yeah that's where <laughs> that's how i took it um small beef but it it was distractingly annoying for like 60 seconds yeah. uh the one scene after the damn scene that i really enjoyed was it, it, we talked about this earlier was them infiltrating whitehall and getting the device um right that was cool because we see them go in for what we think is the first time. Nah, man, he's been through this like a billion times already. Because the thing is, is you, we watch a scene and we think it's coherent. But we're watching like seven scenes happen at once. And by that, I mean, when he goes in, it's the first time. It cuts for like half a second. Then he goes, hey, watch out for this guy with the yellow band. He always recognizes you. I'm like, wait, we were just here for the first time. Now we're not. And then you go in the office and they're like your secretary's about to come in she left this docket out she has a meeting later you just got a phone call we're like okay how many times are we in now and then she goes all right i'm done with this and she's like no 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 we're not shooting him again i'm like well how many scenes are we in now and then he goes all right you see that vault over there you've never opened it for me before yada 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 how many scenes are we in it now and then they walk outside they get blown to bits and then it smash cuts to a car getaway and i'm like we just watched probably like oh, 50 deaths happen yeah and you don't see any of it because it just alludes to it and it's done so I, well and i loved it every time it happened um i really like I, I think this movie does a good and bad job of showing when they've practiced because i really liked when they were infiltrating whitehall and he does that little spin move with her so that way nobody sees her face when she when they're going through a crowd of people I thought that was really right. cool. Um, what I thought was incredibly boring to watch was them football planning um, each each individual step um, back in Act One when they're like, oh yeah, when they're trying to, to literally the- just get across the beach. Yeah, like I get the point of what it was trying to do. Like it was trying to insinuate he has to do this so many times just to get literally one step further and. Right, And it definitely showed that watching them over like a sports center smart board, I did not find entertaining in the slightest or engaging. I thought that was cool. I'm like, you have to do that. You have yeah. to. What annoyed the crap out of me and I knew they had to. So I'm not, I'm not mad. I know they had to do it. I just wasn't my favorite part of the movie is all the again, again. And you're just watching him train to get better and better and better. 
because he needed thousands of hours to get good. He needed to get yeah. that instinct built in, and we watched it happen. Like, he got great. Um, key scenes that stuck out for me was a helicopter scene. It goes, oh, you like three sugars in your coffee. When did you notice? Did you um, notice before she asked? Wh- well, the thing is, is I have to remember back to the first time I watched it. Yeah. I watched it in like 2014. Um, I noticed because we need to find the keys. We don't know if this is the first time this happened or the 30th time. Because like I said, seven scenes can happen in the same scene. So in the beginning, it might have been the first time. Um, when he decided, let me fix you up. I was like, why? This doesn't make sense. Yeah. Her pain for her me, pain doesn't matter because we can just shoot and make sure it doesn't happen next time. Yeah. For me, it was specifically when she said something to the effect of, I can't believe you found coffee. I'm like, oh, it's because it's because he knew where the coffee was. Um, I, I thought that was a very good scene. What do you think about the car scene? Where he goes, I know your middle name is Jacqueline or whatever. You had your friend. Who's Hendrix? You talked about Hendrix before. They, that scene made Emily Blunt's character um, seem a lot more unhuman than we have seen her be through the rest of the movie. The way that she treats Tom Cruise for the first half of the movie, I thought was like pretty considerate. It was cold and it was like harsh, but I still felt like, oh, she has a human connection with this person. But then when they have that conversation, it kind of makes her out to be like this silent, I don't care about anyone kind of person when mm-hmm. that's not the tone I got up until that point. I got that because whenever he approaches her and she's doing that yoga pose, whatever, she goes, what do you want? What do you want? Like, Don't mess with me because she's seen stuff. She's watched her buddy yeah. die 300 times. So when she got cold, I'm like, he... I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt and say she doesn't want him to go what he went through. So let me not give him anything because then he won't be attached to me and he doesn't have to watch me die a thousand times. And then when she dies, she goes, by the way, my middle name is Rose. I'm like, I would love to see that come up later. It doesn't. So that is a bummer. But I'm like, oh, this is getting real. It's getting real. Also, do you think that kiss at the end was romantic? Or was Macy it just turned to me and goes, this isn't a romance. And I'm like, it can be if you want it to be. That's the, that's the literally, and I stand by that statement because this is about watching someone who you knew nothing about and you're watching them die thousands of times and they have no idea that they're, you're falling for them. But she knows because she's been through it. So she's known this guy for a day and she goes, I... We'll never see him again. It doesn't mean anything to her, but she knew it meant something to him. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Totally get it. So yeah, I, I, I just, just didn't, it didn't mean anything to me. I didn't care. Yeah. And that's why I kind of did care is it just felt so shoehorned in. Like I could see the tension between the two. And in my head, I'm just like, please don't kiss. Please don't kiss. Please don't kiss. Please don't kiss. And then they kiss and I'm like, well, all right. All right. Well, this that was, was also the longest time they've ever spent together, though. Yeah. As yeah. far as hours go. Um, what did you think about the scene where he just like says, screw it. I'm taking a motorcycle to a bar. I'm going to let it happen. I don't care anymore. My first thought was, 
how did he get away? Right. I imagine I imagine that took a few tries. But the fact that like we it kind of came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um it's just like all of a sudden he is again it's one of those smash cuts mo- motorcycle to a bar. I'm like oh, oh okay. I mean like I'm on board with this, but like we're here now, I guess. Yeah, we just have no idea how many tries it took. To- There's a lot of it just like half this movie is just thinking how many tries did this freaking take, dude? What is he doing Yeah, now? so did this he die time 12 he... times just to get to a bar? Right. Or is this even his first time at a bar? At this bar? Is he doing something different? I loved the scene where he just goes, I'm never going to involve her. Yeah, I'm, I thought that You know what? Cool. I'm sick and tired of watching her die. Screw it. I'm doing it myself. And that's I'm when like, he goes to yes, the dam. Yes, bro. Yeah, he just goes to the dam and goes, I'm figuring this out myself. I'm, I'm done watching her die. And I'm like, this guy has done this thousands of times. He is a grizzled vet, and he doesn't care about anything anymore. And I love. Imagine being like the um, scientist character. That actor had to be on set probably what four days, never have to leave the same location. Like this is his set, and then he's good. Yeah, a lot of dialogue though. A lot of dialogue. A lot of dialogue. There was a lot of people who probably weren't in the movie very much had like two sets but they had to say the same thing over and over and over again um just with a little bit of nuance in case tom on the 76 try said something different yeah um i think the j squad felt painfully irrelevant until they were forced to be yep hated it that's the worst part of the movie for me j squad couldn't care less this whole band of misfits don't care couldn't care less. The only one I cared about was Ford because I recognized the actor and I'm like, oh, I know that guy. Like, I know that actor. And um, and that was all I cared about it. So, like, when they have like that, you guys go on ahead. We'll buy you some time. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I'm like, when, when they died, couldn't care less. Didn't care. Yeah. When he goes back to go see... Uh, Rita, Emily Blunt's character, after this whole movie is over and you realize that, oh, she's still alive. I'm like, good for you. Just skipping over the whole J squad thing. Because if you never listen, there's a lot of things that are going to happen. He just saved the world. He's going to get no recognition for it. Okay. Emily Blunt is still the B.A. character from the previous battle. But Tom Cruise is a nobody. Cage is a nobody. Okay. So he's not getting any recognition. Everything that J squad did, no recognition. And I'm like. Don't care. Okay, this might be the hottest take. This might be the hottest take. I really hated the ending. Oh boy, I hated the ending. Um, once they got like inside the Louvre and like there was that whole like underwater sequence, and then Tom Cruise died, and but you know they still brought him back to life for a happy ending, and I felt like they had to jump the shark in order to get him the happy ending, and. I was just like left kind of confused. Like, I'm sure there's some sort of like wibbly wobbly, timey wimey alien gut nonsense that could explain this if they wanted to. But just to see like, oh, he got hit by the Omega and now it's a month ago. Like, I don't know. I didn't vibe with it. I didn't vibe. Oh, with it was it. the day. The full. What happened to me is like, OK, it, well, this part confused me from the very beginning is why 
is he waking up here and not at the yeah. beginning of the day? So when he kills the Omega and it just starts at the beginning of the day, because literally that entire th- we've only watched one day this entire movie. We watched one day a, th- a million times. And there are lots of throwaway lines they could have added to make that make sense. Like, oh, this is when the Omega got planted or, oh, it must be when this alpha was created or something like that. Or like, oh, it's 12 hours before you get spewed with the blood or whatever for the first time. Like any of those examples, I would have been like, cool, makes sense. But since I didn't hear an example, I'm like, all right, guess we're just waking up, maggots. It did feel like uh, plot armor at a certain point. I'm like, oh, we're just going to... They explained a lot, and they're like, ah, oh, they don't need anything else. They'll they'll fly with us forever. They'll let it happen. And I'm like, all right, whatever. So that part kind of annoyed me. I, I let it happen. But also, because I'm in love with Emily Blunt's character, um, I was cool with it. I'm like, oh, phew, she's still alive. <laughs> I was cool with it. Yeah. I'm like, I'll let it happen. It doesn't make any sense, but I'm like, she's awesome. So I'll let it happen. Overall... Uh, this movie had me at parts, and it didn't have me at parts. Um, I think it's a really cool concept with a few missteps in its execution. Overall, I'm going to give it a mid-seven. I'm going to give it an 8.8. Whoa! Whoa! Dude, I love this movie. Yeah. This is one of the few movies that I liked growing up that I'm like, oh, this still hang- it can still hang. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I'm just like, yeah, big fan. The lowest I would go, 8.6.9. This is one of those not movies that like you could not... This is one of those movies that you could not watch with a group. Like You can watch it with one other person, Max, just because people get distracted too easy. Yeah, that annoyed me. I'm just like, are you paying attention? Are you paying attention? Because I've seen it before. I know that this part is important. You cannot pay attention for this part. That's kind of okay. Um, but I'm like, you, I'm sick and tired of policing other people's attention span. Yeah. I'm just like, you know, watch it. Don't watch it. It's whatever. Listen to the podcast. (laughs) All right. Uh, well, we've been talking about this movie for a very, very long time. So let's welcome back our non movie listeners as we get prepped for our improv segment. We're returning to an old favorite. Sell me this pod. So. The concept is pretty simple. I'm going to give Alex a good thing, and he has to tell me why it's bad in 60 seconds. And then I'm going to give him a bad thing, and he has to tell me why it's good, and vice versa. And this never goes badly, ever. No, never. Please see other episodes where this never goes badly. Uh, The fact that we keep returning to it so often uh, is a sign that you guys aren't doing your job. Audience, get it together. Yeah, if you hate seeing this, tell us. But uh, listen, a complicit audience. No, I said that wrong. A silent audience is a complicit audience. You did this. All right, Alex, this is the go- this is the good thing that you are going to have to tell me is bad. And that good thing yep. is um, a tech upgrade. You know, got a new microphone, got a whole bunch of new setups. Uh, why is that bad? Well, here's the thing about tech upgrades. It's a it's a patch, right? Um, and if we've learned anything from vaccines, is that you can't trust them. They have side effects. Oh Do you like autism? 
Oh my god. Do you like I don't know immediate heart failure? How do you know if you're allergic to it? How do you know if it's gone through enough testing? I'm not going to put my computer through anything that I wouldn't go through personally. And patches, all this stuff doesn't go through enough tests. We're letting some unknown designer, unknown tech guy, whatever you want to call him, who has no stake in the game. Guess what? He's probably not even using MacBooks, okay? Or whatever you're using. He's using something else. He doesn't care. He's not personally invested in you. You don't know what he's doing. You don't understand the science. Is this science even real? All I'm saying is patches, updates, whatever. Ten seconds. They're not good for you. All natural, baby. The way God created us. That's my stance. Vote me for VP 2024. All right. Are you going to double down on what you said at the beginning there? I already forgot what I said. You so. oh you just oh nothing you it's nothing too big it's actually just you know, something really teeny tiny you know just giving slight validity to the anti-vax movement. Yeah, listen, bro. <laughs> this is a comedy podcast. If you don't get it, that's cool with me. It's okay. Haters give us views or listens anyway. Yeah, don't worry. I'm gonna vaccinate Alex's kid behind his back. Do it. You won't. No balls. <laughs> All right. Craig, your good thing that you're making bad is bodyguards. Okay. This is something that I've thought about for a very long time is specifically when it comes to the president, like Secret Service and whatnot follows you around basically wherever you go. I cannot imagine a life where I am happy knowing that there are two fully grown men standing outside the bathroom while I'm taking care of my business. I just, I, I think it would make me incredibly uncomfortable. in the fact that like, Hey, this is the one moment where I need to do me. I need to take care of what's going on here. And I do not like that. There are people waiting outside the door that as soon as I open it, they can smell everything and hear the remnants of everything that I just took care of in there. And that in and of itself is a big enough reason for me to be comfortable without bodyguards. I would rather accept death than have two people outside my bathroom at all times. Thank you very much. Interesting. Interesting. That was the exact same angle I would have taken, by the way. Yeah. The exact same one. Like, Um, breach of privacy. I might have doubled down and went a little off the wall, but pretty much the same concept. Yeah, breach of privacy is one thing, but just like straight up like bathroom violation. Mm-mm, no thanks. That no. Nope, Are you allowed, Pierre? Not necessarily. I've been told by many people that they who they, who 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 I gotta know who. Pretty much family every time. There's a couple close friends who are like, yeah. Did you pee with the door open? Because we could hear everything. And I'm like, heavy stream. What can I say? Heavy stream. Drink a lot of water. Stay hydrated. All right. What's my bad thing? <laughs> your bad thing is um, clothes shrinking in the dryer. Have you lost your motivation to lose weight? Well, do I have a solution for you? Get all, let all your clothes be shrinking. Because you'll never be able to fit in anything. And you'll be in financial ruin. If you keep buying new clothes, like, I don't know, everybody else. From now on, let all your clothes shrink. Because when you can't fit into those jeans that you wore last week, 
when all those Christmas clothes and holiday wear never fits after the first use, all you have is motivation for your New Year's resolution. Nothing will ever fit. You're in the best shape of your life. You go to the gym six days a week. Guess what, bud? That's not enough. And now your clothes remind you because you have to choose between going naked or losing weight. Turns out you can't go any less than, I don't know, 80 pounds. Surgery. All I'm talking about is body positivity and motivation. If it can't fit, fix it. Okay. (laughs) And the same thing goes with pregnant women. Um, If you like, if you just like dry your clothes and have them shrink it'll motivate you to push that baby out faster which let's be real all of us is what all of us want shorter pregnancies so if you have smaller clothes if you don't get you know those uh maternal clothes you'll just pop that sucker out faster um my bad thing is gonna be ghosting someone's texting you you're in a relationship you want the relationship to be over you disappear. Okay. Have you ever wanted to be funny? Now, here's the thing. If you have uh, your mental health in good standing, chances are you're not that funny. So the easiest way to deter your mental health as quickly as possible is to get ghosted by somebody. That will make you feel so bad for yourself and put you in quite possibly some of the worst mental states that you've ever been in and you're going to be funnier than ever before you are going to rely on humor as a coping mechanism so intensely that if you are not funny whoa oopsie daisy so i think it's important for everyone to get the life experience of texting a girl that's either that's like way out of your league and have them just completely blow you off so you can say to yourself all right, that's my goal. That's how funny I have to be. Interesting pitch. Interesting, interesting, interesting. All right, um, audience, fans, loved ones, family, friends. Um, let us know, again, who had the best pitch. Also, did we honestly convince you that our good ideas were bad or bad ideas were good? Let us know if we have impacted your life any more than taking a couple hours of your day and wasting it. On to the next one, Craig. You have a middle segment prepared. I do. I think I know what it is, and I'm hoping I'm wrong. Okay. Odd. Um, This middle segment is another set of crucial conundrums from our concerned congregation. No idea what this is. I have no idea what this is. We've done it before, recently, and I have no idea what this is. Yeah, it's when you ask for audience questions. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes. Oh, you did this? Perfect. I love it. So I went out and specifically asked for advice questions. So previously we did just kind of like this or that questions, personal questions. This time we are specifically helping people. We are trying to give people advice. Awesome. So Um, before we start, are we taking this seriously? I'll I'll give two answers. I'll give the funny answer and I'll give the honest answer because I I, I I don't know if the asked honest questions, like if you're going through something mental health wise. I shouldn't joke around, so I'm going to do it anyway, and then tell you the real answer. Yeah. So, this is our first question. Do y'all think it's a better idea to pursue a degree that has nearly guaranteed job openings over pursuing something you simply find interesting or are passionate about, even if it's a less lucrative field? 
Hey, random citizen audience, do your emotions pay your bills? Have I if they ever do, asked good. Them? Do that. Cause it, yeah, because if they do, awesome. But I know that's not true because you asked this question. Hey, um, get a hobby that makes money, bro. Um, I don't know if you love security or not, um, but maybe you should pursue some. And now the serious answer is, <laughs> dude, absolutely do what you love. Um, I just turned down a bunch of money um, to do something different. Not even something I know I'm going to like, just something different. Because I knew not enjoying what you do is never worth the money. And when you die, you're not going to think about, oh, at least I made $20,000, $40,000 more. Because that's not going to matter. Because your kids are going to look at you and be like, I know my dad's not happy, but he's doing this for me. And I don't want them to go and make sacrifices for themselves, for their family, um, and give up their happiness. Because if you're not happy, what's the point? Okay? There is no point. Don't save up all your life to have fun the last 20 years. Enjoy what you do. Yeah. Obviously, there's a middle ground to this. Um. I've changed my major twice because I don't know what I'm doing. Um, At first, you know, I'm like, I studied something that I was genuinely passionate about my whole life. Then I realized I hated doing it professionally. Then I went to something that I'm like, oh, this will be easy for me and I'll probably make good money doing it. And then I tried that and I'm like, oh, I've never been more bored out of my mind. So... I kind of went that middle ground where it's like, I know that I can do something here. I don't know what it is yet, but I like it enough to where I'm willing to explore it. So I think that's the important thing is knowing what you like enough in order to explore the pathways. Even if it's not exactly what you want, you need to be willing to accept divergences of what you do want. Right. I would encourage you to explore what you think is interesting um a little more because you don't want to bail on something and find out this little thing that you might have been good like photography you don't want to just be like i think photography would be cool invest a bunch of money in cameras and stuff and find out you don't like it so definitely put time into exploring your interest what's interesting and see if it's an actual passion see if it sticks if it lasts for a couple months possibly a year or more then yeah absolutely pursue that invest all your time into it um but at the same time i'm not going to encourage you to spend more money at college because it is a hole that takes forever to climb out of. Um, hopefully we helped you. Um, we care about you. We love you. And hopefully I didn't hurt your feelings. All right. Next question is, what is your biggest advice about leaving your hometown? Advice number one, do it. Hey, d- do it. Leave your hometown. Even if it's for a semester. Hey. Please get out of your hometown, please. Um, my advice, number one. Um, if you don't, and if everyone followed that advice, it'd be pretty incestuous, don't you think? Yeah. Ooh, yikes. Be pretty. And- Listen, all I'm saying is someone's got to do it. It might as well be you. And you don't want everyone to end up looking like each other and a bunch of cousins. So do it or don't. Depends on where you live. Alabama, don't. Michigan, think about it. I want you to think of all the people you know that has stayed in that area their entire life and just kind of like 
think of how far that's gotten them, which is to say 30 to 40 miles at most. Um, and listen, with travel easier than ever before ish, there's, there's no excuse. Literally just like crap, like get a hotel room for a weekend, you know, get a lady of the night, spend some time with someone new. I think these are all opportunities that'll get you out of your comfort zone. Try some crack. Do it. All right. On uh, advice too, I think it's important to spend a long time outside of your outside of your hometown. I think it gives you a lot of perspective on a lot of things you take for granted. There's a lot of stuff that um, growing up in Michigan in our small town, I thought was like everywhere. And then I spent five years not there. And a lot of it comes from like, I need to figure this out because no one's going to be there to help me if I mess this up. Or I, I didn't know that there was so many of this culture. I didn't know there was so many of this people. I didn't know that th- a lot of stuff I take for granted isn't. And there's a lot of new stuff. I'm like, oh, how did we not have that in our town? How was everyone doing the same thing? We're cool with it. And I would just encourage you. A lot of it is you don't even need to leave um, the country. I would just go to a different state. Um, and when you're just surrounded by new people and you get to figure out like, okay, in my hometown, everybody knows me as this guy. Now I can be a different person if I want to be. And then just being involved in new culture, uh, I think it'll just give you a new perspective. It might not even um, be where you live forever. You can just go right back to your, your old town, but I would encourage you to get some perspective. Yeah, especially if you're in college, try to be a different person. Like, this, like it might sound weird, but like, if there's like a part of yourself that you thought never really got the chance to shine, college is your opportunity to try to make it shine. You know, would, purposely be yeah. different around new people. See how it flies. I would also encourage you to do that if you're already in college. If you're not already in college, don't go to college to be someone else. You can be someone else in the next town over where nobody knows you. Okay. $40,000. It's a lot of money. To try out a new character. Okay? <laughs> if you're already in college, go for it. If you're not, go to improv class. All right. Um, next question. What mm-hmm. is a creative way to tell my family that calling gay people Fruit Loops is not nice? Wait, there's something wrong with that? I, Dude, I was home for two weeks. That's all we called them. I knew you were going to do something stupid you're gonna need to bleep this next part out so are we still able to call people beep or is that like bad bad because i don't say it but i heard a lot of people say it and i think it's a lot like beep and we're not allowed to say that either so i'm not doing it all i'm saying is like if nobody's around can we say it i don't like this bit I, I knew we're keeping I, that in too. I thought Gosh, I, we're keeping that in. I thought I'd try to like oh, maybe we'll maybe we'll try something a little bit different and we'll see if we'll see where he goes with it. And I took a chance and I was wrong. Please keep that in. And if you want, keep this part in too, so people know you're not on board with it. But <laughs> we're keeping it, bro. Keeping okay. Um, I think I think a lot of people don't um, 
I, I think a lot of people will say whatever they want when they are not confronted with the reality of what they're saying. So people will be like racist or homophobic or what have you, like as long as they are not physically facing that person. So just, you know, have more gay people around the house and just be like, because, you know, maybe one day they'll come to their senses like, oh, hey, I was wrong or they're going to say it anyway and then they're going to get whooped. Yeah, I think I I kind of agree with what you're saying. I think a lot of it comes from a lot of people say some stuff about other people that they would never say to their face. So if you if they're around that those people more, they're going to say it less purely because those people are around. And if they go back to saying what they did before when they're not around, then you need to identify that as a character flaw and either love them through it or be like, it's kind of not worth it and spend less time with them. I think it's very hard to change a person's mind. I think it's very important that they don't do it to those people. I'm not about getting offended for other people. So if all my friends are saying the N word, but they're not saying it to me, it sucks, but they're not offending me. And I'm not, I don't know that they're doing it, you know? So it's kind of, if you can't fix it entirely, um, incremental steps or just getting better would help. So just definitely get them around those people and they'll probably change their behavior. And if they don't, uh, like Craig said, they're going to get whooped. Yeah. All right. Final or question. Or filmed and lose their job. That too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Final question. <laughs> okay, here we go. There's a... Sorry. Hold on. I need to compose myself. There's a wolf in full sprint at you. You are unarmed and can't run away. What is your best advice to subdue the wolf? Um. Okay. Here's my advice. I want you to really... Because when you are about to face death, they say your life flashes before your eyes. Time slows down and like this is the time where most people get introspective. You really need to take that time to be introspective and think about who you are, where you are, like what kind of good you've put out into the world, what kind of bad you've put out into the world. And like after all that consideration, maybe just take it. Okay. My number one, um, immediately strip all your clothes and see if you can seduce the animal. <laughs> um, I think that we all know a couple guys who, uh, come with way too much energy purely because they're a little uh maybe he's frustrated okay and hopefully <laughs> you can calm him down okay if that doesn't work run climb up a tree but you're unable trees. to move the question specifically says you can't run away well if climbing a tree counts as running away double down on the first one and bend over <laughs> or just like if there's like snow on the ground, maybe like bury yourself underneath the snow in a very quick amount of time. That'll work. Definitely. Right. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, what's your number two advice card? What is, I mean, <laughs> punch it. Maybe if you can get one punch timed perfectly, I think you have enough time to like do something. So when it's running at you, just prep a punch like wind up and then as it's jumping you throw your punch and hopefully if you've timed it well 
you will connect with its jaw or its eye or its just face in general as it is leaping towards you. You knock it to the ground. Bada bing, bada boom. Hey, look at all this love- drama. <laughs> no, you can't do it without my cue, remember? Also, you're right, said it you're wrong. Right, you're right. I love I how your real advice is I hope you're Captain Falcon. <laughs> Well, do you have real advice? Okay. What you need to be worried about is when there's one wolf, there's usually more. If you have a wolf that's by itself, it's either injured or diseased. You don't want this guy to bite you. They're gonna dogs instinctively go for your neck, so you're gonna want to protect your neck. Um if you don't worry about the claws, you're gonna get scrapped, scratched up, you're gonna get you're gonna get hurt. Okay. Your big thing is watch the teeth, watch the teeth, they're coming for your neck. And you're going to have to just get behind it and try and break its neck or strangle it. But the whole thing is avoid the mouth at all costs. It's coming for your neck. It might get your arm. So if you put your arm up in front of your neck, it's going to bite your arm. It's going to rip it to shreds. Um, But protect your neck. That's how you survive. Go for the eyes. Obviously, pull on ears. Both of them are very sensitive. If you can put something in their ear, like a stick or something... Uh, that's a good way to kill it or injure it so it runs away. All right. That is actual advice that I could never come up with. And that is the end of our crucial conundrums from our concerned congregation that I had to look at my notes for to make sure I got the title right both times. Do you know how hard I worked to make sure this all didn't start with case? <laughs> anyway, what's your one hit wonder? It's called the by. Partisanship. If I said that wrong, it's because I was trying to say partisan. Um, all this is is I'm gonna give. This is similar to some of this pod, but different. We live in a very divided country where things that you would think we'd all be on the same page on, as far as COVID, as far as you know, black people vaccines. getting shot in the streets, stuff like that. Yeah, vaccines, all the stuff you think would be on the same side. So what all we're gonna do is I'm gonna give you something we should all be on the same side for, and you're gonna give me something we should all be on the same side for. And then we're going to create two groups of people who don't agree on it at all. And why would you like okay. to give me a basic human experience or concept or right? Yeah. Um, people's water should be clean. Okay. So here's the thing about this. You have the, uh, the socialists, we'll call them, and the capitalists. <laughs> You shouldn't be able... Okay, um, this is not me saying this. This is the capitalist. Free water and clean water are not the same thing. Free water is the lake. It's the ocean. It's the river. If you want it clean, you're paying a utility bill. You're paying for filtration. You're paying for something. You don't just get it. How... Are Americans and people in other countries supposed to have a motivation to work if we give them all they need to survive? They'll just <laughs> camp out and drink water. I don't want to give that homeless guy $5. He might spend it on water. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I'm not saying that it should be expensive, but I'm saying give these people a motivation to pull themselves up by the bootstraps and work. And then the socialists think that, you know, water is a basic human right. And if you're going to drink it, you shouldn't be able to get sick and die. Um, 
based on the fact that nobody cares about you and the fact that every human needs this to survive and they'll die within, you know, 48 hours. That's what they think. Okay. Your. Oh, also, audience, you should tell us whose side you're on. Just, just, just because. Um, your thing, Craig, is this is a, not relevant to anything. Um, reparations for everybody. Reparations for your children when you when they misbehave, repar- and you overreacted. Reparations for Native Americans. Reparations for Black people. Reparations for you know the mother of a dog whose you know puppies uh got killed there's a there's a better way to say that but yeah yeah, yeah. you know what i mean just Uh, reparations in general so we have um empathetic people on one side right where um they look at a situation and they say wow there were a lot of people that got uh marginalized or victimized from this and um, we should probably do something to help them so they can get back on their feet and like reestablish themselves as a nation. Um, and, and, you know, they think that reparations are important for the humanitarian cause because that means that they're able to look at themselves and be like, oh, we have messed up in the past. Let us make things better for the future. And then we have capitalists on the other side who just want to make sure that they can hold on to as much as they possibly can. And um, they will find whatever cause necessary to um, not pay out their reparations. It's like how every insurance company thinks a house fire or or like thinks like arson is actually um, a normal house fire that they decide not to cover because like, oh, this is human error. We don't cover that. Um, that's the capitalist side. So those are your two sides. Uh, tell me which side you think is better. Uh, tweet at us. Beautiful. Well, in the interest of time, we won't do another round. It's a one hit. So if it sucked, awesome. It did. If it was awesome, <laughs> awesome. You know what? I'll take it both ways. Um, I'm bipartisan. So, uh, that concludes that. Um, don't at me. Um, next week we are watching another movie. Hey, can you believe that we're watching another movie next week? Um, That's crazy. we are watching like in our tagline. Yeah. We're watching the lighthouse with Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. That's on Amazon prime, right? We decided we decided yep, it is Amazon now on prime. Amazon prime. Yeah. Um, if it wasn't before it is now. <laughs> uh you can follow me at my personal twitter at permanent handle uh you can also follow me on my personal twitter um alex the goods g double o d e s and we posted the rest of the movie schedule for the month on our podcast twitter at permanent good and i mean well hopefully i mean have a good year been... it's 2021 yeah, yeah. so um, uh as of recording this podcast, uh, Spotify still sucks and is not displaying our podcast, but hopefully we'll get that fixed soon. If you're listening to this on Spotify, that means I fixed it. If you're not, that means I'm still trying to contact you. Not poor support. Yeah. Well, if you can't hear, if you can hear this, um, and you're not on Spotify, gang, gang, Apple Music, Podbean, you guys are either innovators or actually have money in your bank account. So that's what I'm talking about, audience. You're one or of us. Or they use Google Podcasts. Or a or Google Podcast, which means you're you're innovative tech people, and 
you know what you're talking about. Either way, we weeded out the weak ones. Hopefully it doesn't get fixed. <laughs> okay. Well, regardless, um, I'm Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. We'll see you next week. Adios, amigos.